Hello, welcome inside another edition of IndyStar Preps Weekly. My name is Brian Hedgen, that's Kim Glassby, Kyle Nedenrip. We're back together in person for the same time, coming to you not live from Decatur Central High School. Uh, we're here for reasons that are undisclosed. How are you boys doing? Good, how are you doing? Good, good. Akeem? How are you doing? Good, yeah, it feels good. The nice sun in my face, so yeah, everything's good. Sun in the face is a nice touch, but it's good to be back with you guys. Our first show in person since last season. Is this our first one since what, the Ron Cowley show maybe? I think so. Yeah, we had the live show at Roncalli. It was a lot of fun, and, and uh, we decided to come out to Decatur uh, this week and, and do it on the football field. And thanks uh, up front here for Decatur Central letting us in here this morning to do the show. Yeah, absolutely. They rolled out the red carpet. They knew Akeem was coming. They've heard <laughs> what Akeem is doing in the picks contest we'll get, to, we'll get to at the end of the show. But before we get to that, let's talk about our games last week. Um, Akeem, let's talk to you. Since we're at Decatur Central, they played at New Pal last week, right? And it wasn't too much of a contest. No, um I'll start with Decatur Central. I mean, they obviously have a freshman quarterback in Bo Polston, and they were playing from behind pretty much the entire game, so that put a lot on his shoulders, and they couldn't really get the passing game going. I mean, they had some explosive plays from time to time, but no consistency, no running game. Uh, New Pile's defense really bowed up, and the secondary played well uh, at New Pile with uh, two interceptions, and including a pick six. So it was just tough slating for Decatur Central. I mean, the talent is there. Obviously, the scheme looks great, and, and when it, everything's clicking well, you can see the, the potential there with Bo Polston, but I definitely definitely think they need some time to kind of work the kinks out a little bit, and right now I think it would be tough for anyone to look good against New Pile with the way that they're playing. Uh, talking to Coach Ralph after the game, I mean, he, he gave me the cliche, you know, we're just worried about one game, but I think it's safe to say that New Pile is back based, based off, you know, the 8-4 and four season they had last year, which would be great at a lot of places, but at New Pile, that's not really the standard that they set. So, I mean, just talk, again, talking to Coach, he said two days after they lose to Cathedral in the playoffs, they're trying to get into the weight room. They're ready to go. They're ready to wash that taste out of their mouth and get back to playing New Pile football. And uh, Daniel Tippett, the new quarterback there, is, is a really good kind of quarterback or point guard in a way in that offense. Not the biggest guy, but he can run a little bit. He always seems to be on time with his uh, throws and passes, reading, reading the defense well. And he had uh, two touchdowns um, against Decatur Central. And last week, uh, the week one, he showed his arm with that uh, fake punt touchdown pass so he gives him a new element and then obviously Grayson Thomas is the one who's the kind of the bell cow just a, a big bruiser with a lot of speed and that offensive line I've already wrote about them they could possibly be one of the best in the state with two kind of four-star offensive linemen there so yeah new pal is definitely a team to uh, worry about I think do you see any improvements or changes between week one week two with new pal yeah, I think they're they're getting better on defense. They're really playing as a cohesive unit. I mean, just, again, the secondary, the way they all move together in unison, all the deep passes are kind of covered well. The secondary is never out of kind of phase there. The, it's kind of hard to beat them deep. So you're going to have to really be on your P's and Q's to, to get a big play and just to get consistent uh, positive yardage against New Pile in general. So they're just a really well-coached team right now. And I just like Kyle said, looking forward on that schedule, it might be a, uh, outside of Mount Vernon. It might be some time before someone really gives New Pile a game. So it, it was, yeah, the, the talent they have is impressive. Kyle, looking ahead now for Decatur Central, I guess for both of you guys, where does Decatur Central go from here, and how do they try to rebound from from that loss? Well, I think they'll be all right. We'll, we'll touch on this too, but 5A to me is sort of a – it's probably where you want to be more than 4A this year because New Pal dropped down from 5A to 4A. Now they, it looked like they could probably win 5A if they were still in 5A. So Decatur is in Class 5A. Cathedral had moved up. You know, they're playing 6A. 
Now you got to watch out for Whiteland, which comes here uh, Friday night and plays Decatur Central. That's a huge mid-state conference game, uh, but I think they'll be fine. I mean, they've they've got some injuries too that they're you know getting. They'll have some guys back here, uh, if not this week, then later in the season. So they're dealing with that a little bit too. But yeah, I think you just kind of have to flush that game. You know, it was a running clock second half. They got out of there at least relatively early on Friday night, and and now they can kind of turn the page and, and worry about you know they've got Whiteland, Mooresville, some really good. The, the mid-state looks really. Really good. Franklin is another team in 5A that's playing really well. So, you know, there are some some hurdles out there still, but, you know, until proven differently, Decatur is probably the team to beat uh, in that conference. And, and I think, uh, you know, 5A to me, Merrillville may be the, the number one team. They, they dropped down from 6A to play 5A uh, this season. But, but if you look around central Indiana, I think, you know, Whiteland, Franklin, Decatur, all those teams are going to kind of be uh, roughly about even. You touched on them briefly, Cathedral, moving up to 6A. They played Brownsburg last week. It was a competitive game, but Brownsburg felt like it was in control for most of it. Yeah, they got to out to a 21 nothing lead, and part of that was they had a punt block early on, and it was a really nice call uh, by their special teams coordinator. They had, a, they had a regular punt return on. Cathedral had a delay a game penalty. All of a sudden, you see them, and I could hear it on that side of the field, the press box side, they're calling for a punt block, punt block change the play they end up just getting right through the wedge there and and blocked it as 14 nothing at that point basically uh, as they go in and score and then really felt like they controlled pretty much the rest of the way now it got to be 21 14 uh, uh Jaden Whitaker hit a long pass to Corey Smith who's really starting to come on at receiver and he goes 78 yards for a touchdown so they go back up by two scores Cathedral kind of stayed in the game it wasn't necessarily a blowout 42 20 at one point and then, you know, Danny O'Neill kind of gets them, you know, how he can be uh, through the air. A great pass to Jaron Tibbs for a TD. Then he runs 58 yards down to the one. They end up scoring again. Uh, so they got within a score, couldn't get the onside kick, goes out of bounds, and, and Brownsburg basically ran the clock out. <clears throat> but, yeah, it felt to me like Brownsburg kind of controlled. And, and Bill Peebles said at the Cathedral coach after the game, like, we've got to get better defense offensive line and special teams so that's a lot <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of things to work on nobody's going to feel sorry for cathedral either but but they do have some areas they need to get better at to be a probably a state championship state championship type of team in 6a uh, but they have the pieces there obviously danny o'neill actually got hurt at the end of the game you know, i checked in with him yesterday and he's he's going to be okay he has got a hit pointer he's got to deal with and those things can can linger but he plans to play and and should be all right uh moving forward so we'll see something to keep an eye on anyway but but you know I think Brownsburg through two weeks you know I kept Center Grove number one in our power rankings but I really feel like Brownsburg maybe have the best two wins you know beating Ben Davis and Cathedral as anybody does right now and and including Center Grove who has two good wins too uh but but Center Grove's number one until proven differently in my opinion but Brownsburg definitely a team to keep an eye on I also think that that Ben Davis team once you got their quarterback playing this week Thomas Gotkowski and you pair him with Elijah Price at running back that is a very good team too and I think that sets up really interesting down the road when Ben Davis could play uh, Brownsburg in the sectional those two teams are with each other now in the sectional so uh, that adds some intrigue later on we can talk about that in, in 10 weeks from now or whatever it is uh, the number one team in your power ranking center Grove you mentioned them they big win over Carmel a really impressive performance the game kind of turned when Eli Holt took a hit to the head mm-hmm. um, was injured you got an update on Eli it sounds like he's doing okay may not play next week but he's doing okay which is important yeah um 
But Tender Grove's response out of that that lengthy timeout is about a 10-minute delay. Tyler Cherry throws a touchdown pass right off the bat to give them the lead in a really good back-and-forth game. Um, just a really impressive, gutsy type of response, and that's what you expect from a championship-caliber team. And then for the other side, Carmel, after watching them week one to week two, I mean, it was sort of a night-and-day difference in a lot of respects with just how smoothly it felt like the offense ran. Sure, there are um, some points left on the field. They didn't finish drives. Um, they got the ball around midfield. Um, for that with a chance to take the lead at the end of regulation and couldn't pull through they convert a third down but then you know kind of fizzled from there but i think you also got to give a lot of credit to center Grove's defense for getting pressure on the quarterback but some positives to be taken away there from carmel and i don't think you can say enough about center grove and just i mean the that winner's mentality that killer instinct type of thing where it's just like you know the rich get richer with them you know there's no real drop off despite the number of pieces that they graduated from last year it was really impressive seeing them for the first time this year but um two teams that it wouldn't surprise me the least to see them at the end playing playing out of lucas oil so. yeah and center grove i think to to your point they don't have that star power and we knew that going into the year so this kind of goes back to eric moore's program and you got all these guys who just kind of step into their new roles and it just keeps on humming and and certainly you saw that friday night and it's amazing too like little things like kick returns on special teams they did such a good job it was actually eli holt who returned quite a few mm -hmm. kicks back there getting them good field position to start off drives and almost broke off a couple for touchdowns just things like that that obviously defensively offense sort of speaks for themselves but it's little things and then the same thing could be said for carmel where mm -hmm. their punter did a great job of pinning center girl back at the two yard line on multiple occasions he had one that hit right smack at the goal line bounced out and back towards the five and pinned him back and they got a they got the ball back on a turnover on down so little things like that something interesting that i passed along to you and i think you mentioned in your story but it's just that the mentality that carmel has where mm -hmm. when they're getting a short field because their defense did a good job of holding them and then for, you know forcing the offense to get a short field after the punt the mentality is really great the energy is up when it's the other way around and Carmel's having to drive the entire field, he said that he can tell that there's kind of just that letdown mentally where the good feelings aren't, you know, generated as much. You don't have those good positive, oh, you know, neutrons or whatever firing in your brain. Mm -hmm. so you got, he has to find a way. They have to find a way to stay more even keel and have that same energy no matter the situation. So that'll be interesting to see how that team grows in that respect. But, again, I mean, you can see it through two weeks. You can just see the pieces with both teams as to why – they're favored to win or get back to the dome at the very least uh, yeah. this season. And they, and I think their receiving core with with Matthews and Duffy and and uh, and Reese Bellin that that group's really good. And and Kazmierzak had a great game and, and got mm -hmm. the ball to those guys. So I think you see the they're zero and two, but you know they're not really zero and two. You know what I mean? They're yeah, they're going to be a really tough team down the road. And I think you know when you look at it, you know Westfield lost quite a bit. Uh, from last year, you know, we don't know for sure. HSC and Fishers will find out about it as the year goes along. But on the north side of that bracket, I still think Carmel's probably the team to beat. Yeah, and speaking of Kaz, he set the school record I right. think for single game passing yards and just great. And they wanted to get more receivers involved than he did. Him and Reese Bellin, um, who you might remember last year, he had the Hail Mary mm -hmm. pass two to beat Detroit Detroit King. Just you could see that connection, and you could tell that they've been playing together for so long. So it's just that chemistry, and it's like when he got in trouble, he knew where to go, and Reese was open. He was able to get him the ball. So little things like that, I think you're really going to start to see more pronounced, like you said. Um, as the season goes along here. Absolutely. Um, looking ahead to next week, we'll just throw it out to the both of you guys. What games, what sort of things are you looking for here as we round into week three of the high school football season? Well, I'll be at um, LNLC, and I guess the kind of the narrative heading into that game is how does LN bounce back? Because, I mean, that was the, losing to Whiteland was probably one of the uh, – more surprising results from week two and uh, Montez Jones struggled a little bit with multiple interceptions so I feel like for LN it might be important to go back to the basics and, and run Richardson and really establish that run uh, when you're facing a triple option team like Whiteland you know 
time of possession and kind of gets involved and you're if you're playing from behind you worry because those possessions become limited if they're moving the ball on the ground like that with success so um, obviously LC maybe if they can establish a run that would be important but I, I think it would be important for LN to return to the basics maybe take some of that pressure off of Montez Jones especially coming off a, a really poor performance so I'll, and, and then but then you have the rivalry aspect there's going to be emotions and thing like things like that so I would imagine Montez Jones might want to prove that he can erase that uh, kind of performance and just play better. So I'm really interested to see how you work through all those dynamics for an LN team that um, just was, again, has to be a little surprised by that performance last week. And that's a rematch of last year's sectional championship when LN won for the first time in 31 years. And LC, I don't felt like, all right, we're four and seven. We're, you know, we're making strides because they were 0 and 10 the year before that. And they have a lot of those same guys back. And I know sitting there 0 and 2 is not what they expected, but they played a couple of really good teams, obviously, in HSC and Westfield. Definitely. Kyle, what are you looking forward to this week? Well, it's not quite the uh, – we had a lot of great matchups last week. We don't quite have that this week, but I'll be at one of them. Uh, Akeem said he'll be at the LNLC game. I'll be at uh, uh, Chittard at Ron Colley, which always a big rivalry game. Should be a great crowd. And we'll kind of see what – you know, these teams are now in different classes, so there's no potential for a rematch. Uh, Chittard's in 3A now, and, and Ron Colley, of course, we mentioned 4A, how tough it is with New Pal and what they're doing and, and that sort of thing. So we'll see. You know, Ron Colley is really good up front, you know, and they, they have run the ball really well. Luke Hansen has had two monster games so far. And really, I was impressed. You know, last week, you know, it was 0-0 at halftime with Franklin Central, but they held Franklin Central to, I think, 75 yards of total offense. Wow, wow. So that kind of shows you what they're capable of defensively, too. So, you know, I'll be curious if Ken Chittard kind of get their ground game. They, they like to run, but they have a quarterback, Van Vliet, who uh, he started two years at Richmond, transferred, and and, and uh, played kind of a backup role last year for Chittard, and now he's starting to, you know, be able to throw the ball pretty well for that team, too. So, you know, can they score some – they're going to have to score some points, I think, to obviously uh, – obvious statement of the week to uh, to beat Ron Collins. But you know what I mean. They got to they got to put some you know some offense, some drives together, and try to keep uh, Luke Hansen that that offensive line off the field as much as they can. So uh, great matchup should be a fun. I think I covered that game two years ago, and it was a lot of fun. You know, great crowd and and uh, two of the better programs, obviously in the in the state. So going head to head, so that should be a lot of fun. And and uh, I probably will you know I think Ron Colley would probably win that game, but I certainly wouldn't put it past Chatard either. And afterwards, so we don't forget, you'll have a Twitter Spaces again yeah. this week. Yeah, we'll do that. Hopefully you guys can come on there too. And that's been kind of a fun addition. I think we had, uh, you know, about 1,300 people ended up chiming, whether the replay or the live. So, yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. but that, It seems good. <laughs> it seems good. So, I don't know. It's fun. It's kind of like a radio show uh, post-game, just kind of, you know, bouncing around and, t- and, and talking about games and whatnot. So, it's it's been a fun addition. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so next, I guess we have to address the picks. Um, impressive, Akeem Glasby last year, you may remember, started out like 0-50. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was quite that bad. but <laughs> Well, Akeem, ladies and gentlemen, has made a comeback this year. We have Kyle at 14-6, and and young Akeem comes in at 13-7 and after another strong week two performance by Akeem. Strong by his standards, Kyle. We're massively disappointed <laughs> in you. Might be swapping you out with Clark. Uh, both went 6-4 and four last week, but Akeem is in the thick of things. Kyle, are you nervous? I am definitely nervous. I am not performing up to standards at this at this time of, of the season. But, you know, last year Akeem helped me out. He's just throwing a bunch of uh, picks out there. And like you said, he got in a huge hole, which, hey, I could just kind of put the backups in at that point and run the clock out. Akeem, how are you, how are you feeling after this strong start? You don't seem like the kind of guy that's going to rest on your laurels. I think you're going to continue competing and grinding at practice. No, I mean, I'm, I'm coming for Kyle's neck. I'm coming for his neck. I'm, I'm going to call it now. At one point this season, I will overtake him. Now, 
will I finish with the lead? Maybe not, but I'm coming for him. Clark, can we make sure that this is clipped off so Kyle can play this and replay and we can revisit this at the end of the year? Will I regret this statement? Yes, you okay. will. We're going to get in next week and Kyle's just going to be sitting there listening, <laughs> listening to it on, on his phone. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, but anyway, we should get to this week's picks as Akeem tries to overtake the great one. Let's start off with Bishop Chittard at Roncalli. Um, Kyle, we just talked about this one. A couple undefeated teams squaring off here. I'll let you take lead uh, with who you think is going to come up with that one. Yeah, I probably gave it away. I'm going to pick Roncalli, but I think it'll be a game that's, uh, you know, within a touchdown uh, late into the fourth quarter. Probably end up uh, that close, I think. I think Chittard's probably better than uh, maybe people realize going into this season. And, and uh, they're kind of gearing up. 3A is going to be tough, too. Uh, but they're probably feeling good. They're not in 4A with with New Pal and Roncalli, and shoot, you go down the list: Mount Vernon, Mooresville. You know, 4A is just absolutely loaded this year. But I'll take Roncalli. Akeem, who are you going with in that one? I'm going with Roncalli as well. I mean, I guess I'm kind of a sucker for talented offensive lines, and Roncalli has uh, also has a very good offensive line, so that allows you to establish the run and kind of control the pace of the game if you're controlling the line of scrimmage. So I think Roncalli should be able to do that against Chittard. So I'm taking Roncalli. Center Grove puts its 30-game win streak on the line at Louisville Trinity. Trinity beat um, Carmel week one. They lost last week to a team in-state. Um, Akeem, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to tell when you're just playing the results from the, the Trinity team. I mean, playing the results, I'm taking Louisville. Wow, so you think the win streak's going to come to an end? Yes. Kyle, will we still count the win streak because it's an out-of-state loss? How does that work here? In, in uh, they, they'll count it as a loss. But, yeah, I'm going to take I'm gonna take in Center Grove. And I, I think Akeem probably is picking the, the favorite, I would say, in, the, in this game. But uh, I just feel like Center Grove, you know, they'll, they'll go down there, and I think it'll be a tough game. And it, to me it'll be, you know, because they gave, and you saw them last week, I mean, they gave up a lot of passing yards. So I'm kind of curious how that uh, plays itself out. But they, they used uh, uh, Jalen Thomason at running back last week, which was with Drew Weed out, I thought was an interesting move, and he did really well. So I'm going to say they're going to rely on their ground game, pound it out, keep that winning streak going, and uh, and then you know, we'll find out. They're going to run into some more tough teams down the road. Running game looked really good, and then Tyler Cherry, too. I mean, not yeah. for He was putting some really good pads on there, so mm-hmm. it'll be, that'll definitely be a fun game to watch. Um, Heritage Christian at Garen Catholic, another couple 2-0 and teams putting their undefeated records on the line. Kyle? I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Garen so far this year, and this will be a great matchup of quarterbacks. Ryan Zimmerman for Garen has put up monster numbers through two weeks. They beat Lafayette Central Catholic 47-10 to last week, and that was a, a team that was really good last year, obviously, and, and it was always good. Uh, and then Kyle Antone from, from Heritage Christian, he's he's throwing for all kinds. I think he's got nine touchdown passes already this season. So two of the best quarterbacks. I'm going to take Garen, I think, in a in what could be a very fun, entertaining, high-scoring game. Akeem? I'm also going to go with Garen. Um, we're here right now at Decatur Central, and uh, on Friday they will have Whiteland 2-0 here. Yeah, like I said, Whiteland with a, a big win over LN last week, the, the triple option attack going against uh, Decatur's spread kind of attack. I think when you're running a triple option, that's going to be the hardest thing to stop because you have to be so disciplined. So I'm, I think Whiteland's going to continue to roll. I'm going Whiteland. Yeah, I think that's probably the smart pick. I'm, But maybe I'm not smart. I'm going to take Decatur to uh, bounce back from last week's game. I think they're going to be energized and, and, and ready and uh, in a conference game. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I'll go with uh, maybe a slight upset and take Decatur to win at home. Fishers is hosting Noblesville next week. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, again, this should be a fun game. I think you'll – are you going to this game, Brian? I think I think, yeah, game. that'll be uh, two 2-0 teams. And I think the thing for uh, Noblesville, 
you know, they started last year, and I remember writing a story, you know, going up there, and they hadn't started 2-0 and in a while, started 2-0, and and then kind of things kind of got unraveled a bit for them. So, you know, can they keep this together? They run a kind of a different, and you'll see it Friday, but it's sort of a 11 guys in a, in a phone booth type of an offense, and they love to run the ball, and they have a huge offensive line. So, um, and all that said, I'll take Fishers to win. <laughs> but I, I think, that again, this is going to be a really good game. Fishers has been able to run the ball, uh, came back and beat Pike last week, uh, 28-17, uh, in, a, in a good game. I think this is another, you know, Fishers barely beat Noblesville last year, I think Noblesville's better, uh, but I'll take Fishers to win. I agree. I mean, yeah, kind of two interesting running offenses there with Fishers with their two-headed run, running attack. I'm going to go Fishers. Akeem, we got Greenfield Central at Mount Vernon. The defending state champions are 0-2 on the year. Greenfield Central comes in at 2-0. and Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would have imagined that Mount Vernon would be 0-2 right now. Um, I would imagine there's kind of a – this is a, a turning point in their season. If they – no one wants to start 0-3 um, – just maybe they're feeling some pressure right now, but I think they'll come out and play better because, again, they have a lot of talent on that team with Bridenthal there uh, at quarterback. So I think uh, they're going to get their first one of the season. Yeah, I, I think, again, I had a chance for a different story, but I was out talking to a Greenfield Central coach uh, Travis Nolting yesterday quite a bit, just kind of uh, just talking, and, and they, they're feeling good about where their program's headed. And uh, I think this will be a really good game, and I'm actually going to take uh, uh, Greenfield Central to win this game. Uh, again, it's two teams that down the road could play each other in, in Class 4A as a conference game, and I think would be – and I think Akeem's right. I think Mount Vernon's going to come out very hungry. Uh, they they – I know they had a chance to beat Franklin uh, last week, and they kind of ran out of time at the end of the game, didn't get a, a field goal off that they could have had there late, and uh, a frustrating loss against what I think is a really good Franklin team. But uh, Franklin Central has been – or I'm sorry, Greenfield Central has been throwing the ball a little bit more. They run more of like a flex bone offense, uh, but they have a sophomore quarterback who's been able to throw some. So, uh, again, probably taking a little bit of an upset here, and, and I may pay for this in our, in our uh, picks, but I'll take Greenfield to win. Lawrence North at Lawrence Central. That's the game that Akeem has. Kyle, what's your read on this one? I'm curious. I, I, the way uh, Whiteland kind of shoved it down their throats uh, with the running game, more than 300 yards of uh, offense, uh, kind of leads me to want to take LC in this game. And I, I think LC, you know, I watched a little bit of their game against uh, Westfield, and uh, they hung in there with them. You know, it was 42-28. Uh, so, you know, a couple plays here and there hurt them. Uh, I think LC is going to be motivated. I think both teams will be. This is always like a fun rivalry type of game. Uh, but I'll take LC to win in a, in a close one. Um, I think I kind of tipped my hand earlier with just kind of the expecting a bounce back performance from LN, just kind of again coming off that loss. I'm going LN. Zionsville at Westfield. Westfield one and one on the year. Zionsville's two and zero. Oh. Akeem. Yeah, I, I was able to see Westfield in, in week one. I really like the talent that they have. Their skill players are really explosive there with Williams at running back and uh, Ambrolis at wide receiver. And Cole Ballard, was, there was some miscommunication there, some kind of early season mistakes that I feel like they were able to work out in week two. So I'm going to go Westfield. I'm going to agree. I think uh, I think Westfield's going to be one of those teams you can admit they're going to get better as the year goes. I think Zionsville's a good team too. I actually put them in our power rankings this week at number 10 in 6A. Uh, but I think Westfield, I think they're, you know, in all areas are just going to get better and better as they get a little bit more experience. And, you know, we know what they've done the last couple of years, kind of trending well uh, late into the season. So I'm going to pick uh, the Shamrocks to win. 
Moving down to one of the small classes, Lutheran 2-0 at Triton Central 2-0. Kyle? Yeah, I'm going to take Lutheran there. Uh, again, this has been a good rivalry in, in a conference, uh, another big conference game. Uh, you know, I think you kind of throw out the, uh, you know, Lutheran did beat Ritter uh, handily last week, but, you know, this will be a much tougher game, and that game's at Triton, right? So it'll be mm-hmm. played on uh, on Triton's home field, and, and that will matter, I think, certainly. But I just think Lutheran's – you know, people kind of look at, uh, you know, they lost Montez Clay, graduated from that team last year, but they had a lot of guys coming back uh, who were part of that state championship team. So uh, I'll take the Saints again, and, and uh, they haven't lost a conference game, I think, now going on two years. So I'll, I'll take them to win a close one. Yeah, I mean, I think throughout the history of the show, I don't think I've ever picked against Lutheran. I was, Montez Clay was one of my favorite players to watch. Well, even without him, I think they continue rolling, picking Lutheran. Lutheran and Speedway are Akeem's two schools. <laughs> <laughs> Biased. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> we're kidding, to be clear. Sort of. Yeah. Um, Akeem, we're going to close this out here. We have Centerville at Park Tudor. Yeah, I, I believe Kyle was able to get out to Park Tudor last year and kind of talk about the improvements and the building that they're doing there. And it's at 2 1 0 right now. It seems like that program and culture building is paying off and showing dividends. So I think Park Tudor can uh, continue, to rolling and move, continue rolling and move to 3 0. I'm going to agree with that, and I think this will be a big win for Park Tudor's program. Centerville uh, has been a really good team, and uh, I'm sure they'll be tough again. But uh, Spencer Somerville, uh, the coach there, has done a great job in in, uh, in building that program from, you know, having a few years ago to have to cancel games because of numbers of players. So, you know, that's not a problem now. And I think they're ranked uh, third in the state uh, going into going into this week. So I think they're definitely trending in the right direction. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, boys, so before we get out of here, Akeem, I'll let you start. What do you have coming up this week? Uh, actually, me and Kyle are working on a story about three-sport athletes. Uh, I was actually able to talk to Hogan Danny and his dad yesterday. I mean, Hogan's an interesting case because he comes from a family of multi-sport athletes. His his sister was a multi-sport athlete. She's a sprinter at IUPUI now, and he has two younger brothers that are also three-sport athletes. So in, in the Denny household, you're, you're, you're not going to specialize. They <laughs> really believe on playing multiple sports and some other people I'm going to talk to. And it's interesting and uh, kind of because I cover baseball, and Hogan's uh, committed to IU to play baseball, but he doesn't believe in specialization. You know, especially when it comes to baseball, they think you need to play baseball year-round and showcase and do all that stuff. But him and his family, they like the fact that he can do multiple things. So that's kind of an interesting thing and something that you don't really see nowadays. So we're just kind of talking to them and kind of seeing where they're coming from and how difficult it is to juggle three sports at a high level. That's interesting. They still push specialization in baseball. They don't encourage kids to, like, work some other muscle groups or reduce the strain on their shoulders. I mean, from what I – especially when it comes to pitching, no. I mean, it seems like those guys are always training year-round. They're In the wintertime, you'll see them, you know, with the track man recording their velos and the spin rates and everything. And then, um, yeah, you see a lot of elbow injuries too. So maybe, yeah, maybe specialization for baseball isn't good, but uh, I don't know. Um, I, again, talking to Hogan, they don't believe in that, and they think playing more sports will keep you healthy. And I know some college coaches agree with that. And even going back last week to Max Clark, um, talking to him, uh, Greg was able to talk to him uh, last week as well. He's playing football. He has millions of dollars that he could be kind of um, that are in limbo if he can stay healthy or risk injury. And he's willing to do that because he loves playing football. So, yeah, it's interesting to see these kids that are not specializing. That's kind of uh, yeah rare to see, and it's interesting. Is it tough for you guys to find kids who weren't specializing? Like, did you have to hunt? Well, I yeah. Well, just you know, <laughs> I don't know how interesting this is, but I just kind of sent something out, and this is a football-based story, and there's other 
kids, girls probably who do three sports too, but this is a football season, so we're just kind of focusing on kids who play football and then do other sports. But uh, Akeem mentioned, and it wasn't, you know, it's interesting to see like some of the bigger schools didn't have really any, um, you know, the the 6A. Uh, some do, some, some, and there's some, you know, football, wrestling, track combos. Um, there are some football, basketball, baseball, not that many, but uh, Eli Bridenthal from Mount Vernon is one I talked to, and Akeem knows him. I was a really good baseball player, uh, but he's played, you know, three all the way through, and it's kind of like uh, Denny, you know, he just feels like – that I don't want to give up that opportunity to help my basketball team, my community, uh, you know, in those other sports, you know, and, and I did, you know, it is interesting. And I think we'll find this out once people read the story. It's like, you have to weigh, what do you give up maybe in the off season or making you better for what may be your number one sport. And I think that's kind of an interesting balance too, but these kids are good enough, you know, and, and football, you don't need, you don't have to do a whole lot of skill work and stuff. It's more about kind of lifting and, and being there and doing stuff in the summer, obviously, with the team. But, but uh, you know, the bigger school you get, you know, and, and there, there's not all these athletes like Bridenthal or Denny either. So some kids have to choose, like, I may have to do this in order to stay to make the team, you know. So there's some of that, too, I think that's interesting. And uh, we haven't written it all yet or even reported it all yet, but, but uh, that'll be out. Uh, I think next uh, Wednesday, maybe, so people can look for that. Good stuff, good stuff. Kyle, what other stories you have coming for us? Today? I've got a story actually tomorrow on uh, Mike Brevard, uh, the Pike uh, football coach, who went from uh, basically being homeless to coaching at Pike. And he went to Ben Davis. He came from Virginia. And there's somebody really, and I won't give away too much, but somebody really important in his life uh, who teaches at Ben Davis that helped him get there and sort of wrote about their connection and also the role his mom played and just, you know, really cool. He got hired at 29 to be the Pike football coach, a 6A wow. program in Indiana. So he goes from being homeless at 16, living in family shelters, to, to this. And, and he, he kind of mentioned, you know, I've got kids on my team who say they came from, from nothing. I came from from the bottom, you know. And that, that's, that I think, is something great. He can kind of, you know, be a big brother figure or father figure to his team in a lot of ways, you know, because of his background. He's a very impressive uh, guy to talk to. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, check. The, I think that will be out uh, – Wednesday morning. I think this will air Wednesday, so it should be out by now. Awesome, awesome. On the uh, girls' side, we'll have a girls' soccer feature, a girls' volleyball feature from tonight, and then we have uh, some softball. We have a little bit of everything, so <laughs> just keep an eye out on that. Some of it will be up by the time you watch this. Some of it won't. Who knows? Um, any Akeem, any parting words of trash talk or anything like that before we get out of here? No, I think I've already awakened a sleeping giant, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried, a little scared right now. We could come back next week and you know, Akeem could be up by like four games because uh, I, 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 I kind of uh, went for some upsets this week so let's see what happens. Kyle's taking a gamble Akeem's hunting him down we'll see what happens it's going to be fun to watch we thank you all so much for watching we thank Clark for helping us get us on and off the air and Decatur Central for hosting us this wonderful facility uh, we'll talk to you all next Wednesday.